I am leaving for Chicago tonight. Wrestling fans are flying into the Windy City for five huge days and nights of pro wrestling and fan festivals. We've got GCW, Black Lady Pro, AAW, and of course, All Elite Wrestling with both of their television shows and the huge AEW All Out pay-per-view. I'm Ray Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website database tracking pro wrestling around the world. On today's show, we're talking about the big week of AEW shows. Travis Severance is in the house. We have some headlines if we even get to them. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 31st, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. And Travis, welcome to the show. I'm going to Chicago tonight. You're going to Chicago tomorrow. It's time. We're back. It's been a while since we had like a good wrestling travel. I know we did Mania, but Mania felt a little weird. This is a little bit more on brand for us. Like we like to get out and do three or four days of shows if we can clump together. And uh, Chicago's bringing the heat for us here. So yeah, I'm excited. This feels like the training wheels are off. We're back to being on the right path for wrestling again. And we got a lot of matches to watch for sure. Oh, 100%. And the thing that's interesting about this one is Mania happened and it was limited capacity. We went, a lot of people went, but the press, the typical wrestling press was not covering WrestleMania live. And then we had SummerSlam, much bigger of it, and the wrestling press still didn't quite come out for it. They're all there this weekend. There's, yeah. They're all there this weekend at All Out. It's time for everybody to get back to doing what they were doing. Hopefully, we don't all have COVID when we come back, but these are the risks we're taking. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Let's dive into All Out, okay? a lot going on this weekend. We have 10 matches. I'm going to quickly run through those matches and then we'll dig into all the offshoot questions we have. So for, so we have four title matches, Britt Baker defending against Chris Statlander, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in a cage match, Chris Cage versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship impact title, not on the line. Miro defending TNT against Eddie Kingston. Chris Jericho putting his career on the line against MJF. The other match category, we have CM Punk versus Darby Allen. We have Pac versus Andrade. We have the Casino Battle Royal, which is on the women's side. So women, the winner of that will get a women's title match. QT Marshall versus The Big Show. And John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. Those are the matches that have been announced, Travis. First question out of the gate, is there going to be any more? Any other matches that you're looking at that you think might make the show? Gosh, there's a lot of them that are lingering in the background, right? We've got a whole bunch of stories and stuff, which is not atypical for AEW. They've always got, it feels like two and a half shows worth of storylines going on at any given time. Um, I think that they could fit one more in. Maybe we'll get a Malachi Black, Lee Johnson kick to the face of the pre-show to start us off. I know both of us thought that maybe this was the time when we were going to see Dustin do a run-in to try to save the family and put him in there in a match with Malachi. I think they would size up really well. So this would be them running through a good chunk of the Rhodes family, the Nightmare family there. I could see that happening. We've got no Dark Order on the card whatsoever, and we saw some scrapes for them. No Hangman Page. We've got a lot of different places that they could go for another match. So it makes Dynamite and Rampage a little bit more exciting this week because I think you're going to see it seeded. Who knows? Maybe they got two. Maybe we'll see two more. I, ten matches, I'm a pretty happy guy when it comes to a pay-per-view. Yeah, ten, ten is a lot. 
10 is a lot. The ones on the pre-show, and maybe they could add a second match to the pre-show. That wouldn't be atypical to have at least two on there. Yeah, usually they do. Yeah. So you could add one more. You didn't mention the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. They've been with Dan Lambert. They got an attack in on Lance Archer a week or two ago. That could come to a head here pretty soon. We haven't seen Lance on there. The inner circle, in both the inner circle and the pinnacle, of just they're not there except for MJF and Jericho, Sandy Guevara, Jake Hager, Sean Spears. Party Family Office, Orange Cassidy, none of them represented on the show, at least yet. We yeah. have um, Will Hobbs versus Cage on Dynamite. That seems natural that they might weave into a match either on Rampage or on the main show with Starks and Cage. Tony Khan did say that he might have one or two more things, but we pretty much have the card. So it's possible that they add something this week, but... If not, then all these things we're talking about just lend themselves to next week on Dynamite as we build forward. Yeah. So uh, again, another reason why I think the two shows this week are going to be super important. I'm glad we're going to be live to see all of the action and setting up for this and then setting up for the following week. It's interesting because they do a pretty good job on their go home shows. So I'm excited. And then we have a good chunk of the matchups that we're going to see as far as uh, dynamite goes. There's some real nice stuff that's lingering in the background there too. The the Lance Archer thing is interesting to me. The men of the year stuff is is cool. Um, I think we're probably going to see that. If I had to guess, I bet we see that around the Miami show, maybe or something, maybe a little bit earlier. Because I think Lance has to establish some kind of a partner that's going to go in there and, and and help him out. I don't think we're going to see a two v one, but maybe we do. Who knows? I don't think we're going to see like a Frankie Kazarian and Lance Archer hasn't exactly done himself any services making any friends since he's been in AEW. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of steps into that role. And who knows? Maybe it'll be somebody that we're not even thinking about. Yeah, it could be. And we haven't seen Jake Robertson forever. Correct. It makes sense that you would have Jake there to counteract whatever Dean Lambert's going to be doing on the outside as well. So Dan Lambert's been impressive to me. The two times that he's had time oh, on the microphone, my God, I'm like, where has this guy been all my life? Like real good shooter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great shooter on that mic. Good stuff. Yeah. The only thing that's sad about him being an AEW now is that he probably won't be in MLW when MLW kind of comes back full force, but maybe he will. What forbidden door and all that stuff. Maybe he, he used to be the kind of guy who would represent King Mo there and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cooperation's not unheard of, but the odd thing is when, aside from us hearing the little snippet about maybe MLW and WWE doing some cooperation, MLW has kind of been on the outskirts. There's some shared talent there, but nobody's really crossed into that realm and done any of that. But then again, they're not really, they're not up and going yet either. So we'll, time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we've talked about, okay, what unexpected matches might we see where they haven't been announced yet? But then there's the whole question of what, are the, what unexpected people might we see over the three shows, right? Because somebody could come out Wednesday to set up something, put an interesting twist on a match at the pay-per-view. I don't think they would debut somebody that goes straight to an all-out match. I don't think that would happen. You could have, so somebody could show up at the pay-per-view or one of these two shows leading to the pay-per-view. A whole bunch of non-competes are set to expire. Ruby Riot is thought to be going to AEW. That's almost a lock. It seems it seems like that's a casino battle Royal slam dunk done over. We put her to the side. Yep. And then, but what else are there other surprises that we're going to see at this 
pay-per-view or this week. It's hard to not look punk referencing Daniel Bryan last week with the yes chants going wild. That was the highest pop yes chant I've heard in quite a while. And I think punk played that really well. Adam Cole is super interesting to me. If there's a get out there that would hot shot again, like it's weird though. Because you have all these opportunities and you've got the heat seeker as it is. Chicago made CM Punk in Chicago with these shows. I got to think that he's going to be at all three of them in some capacity. It's his neighborhood. They'll blow the roof off the place. So it's like, how much do they want to overdo it? Do you want to hold your cards back? Now, I think my guess is, I know Daniel Bryan, there was a lot of talk about him, you know, being the Arthur Ashe surprise and stuff like that. Maybe with CM Punk kind of tipping a hand a little bit, we might see him a little bit sooner. There's the Buddy Murphys of the world that are out there too. I don't know. I've, I'm feeling a little bit more like he's impact bound now than I was before. So I don't think that's a name that we're going to see, but I, I think we could see Daniel Bryan. And I think the biggest surprise would be if Adam Cole comes out that I think it, the place just loses itself. It really yeah. does. It's one of the, it's a. I don't know if it, to me, it's, you've got this big pay-per-view already. You've got 10 matches, you got punk returning to me. It feels like they've done enough now, one or two big surprises on the show. Those are good, right? And a surprise can be a title change. A surprise can be a debut, but look at the success they had with CM Punk's debut. And you could, it, it almost seems like don't waste that moment, right? Like Daniel Bryan will be another big one. They might as well advertise it or do what they did with punk and not advertise it, but make sure everybody knows it. It's those are special moments and you can build a certain hype up to those moments in this. And I think the two names that are out there, Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan, if AEW has them both or one of them, it feels like you could build to that. There's also the other side of it too. There's no such thing as too much of a good thing, right? Sure. Like you've got it up to here. You're seeing punk number. Why don't you just stack? Just keep going. No reason to take this number and then go, okay, let's do the dips and do this for a little bit. Let's just keep going to the moon and say, this is our foundation now. And this is what we're going to roll into with the next pay-per-view and give yourself a full lineup as opposed to like hot shotting or whatever. I get it. Pop the rating, but you know what? You keep popping the rating and and it's going to get crazy. If you're trying to get consistent viewers, hammer them over the head with the surprises and then show them your storytelling, which you're really good at. Yeah. And I think that's when you look at what they did with CM Punk, the shows that they, the, the, the rampage show, you had the 20 minute punk segment in the beginning, the rest of the show was not necessarily like a lights out showcase of everything. The prior week on rampage, you had three, you had title matches and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And that was a huge show. You follow up punk with Jade, with Jade cargo match. And this is just basically, thanks for coming and watching CM Punk. Here's who we are consistently. And now you have a sample and maybe you'll check out the Darby Allen thing that we're doing because Darby's the guy that's fighting Punk. And you just, you keep going and get them interested in other characters based around what CM Punk is doing. And then you do this, you can do the same thing with these other characters that people are interested in. I think they're using Rampage to play a little bit. I don't think they really know what that show is yet. We've had three Rampages now and all three very different shows, lineups and stuff like that go. So I think they're trying to test the waters out and feel what that's going to be. You got the Mark Henry segment. That's like the old school pre-interview with the live locker room looks just before the match. I think that's a cool kind of a throwback thing, studio day sort of thing. So you get that in there so you can see where they're happy with the way that some segment presentations are, but I still think they're not 
not quite exactly sure what that show is. Now, 722 last week in that spot, that is a great number. And I can't imagine, and it's not going to happen tomorrow. I can't imagine there's not some pressure there to say, hey, you want to go two? You want to go two hours here? Yeah. I hope drop, so. You want to drop down into the nine o'clock slot? Yeah. And run nine to 11? Yeah. I, I like that one hour show right now. I, if they do that, I hope they get it out of a 10 o'clock slot. I, I agree. I think they move it and we see something, something happen. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to nudge into an hour WWE. Yeah, maybe, maybe you could dip your, your foot in the water and just do a half hour and see what you do there. See if you, you put a half hour in there and you tell people punk's going to be on. I guarantee that takes <laughs> away from that bottom hour for WWE to a degree. It's going to happen. But it's interesting when you look at that. All the AEW and, and then you look at SmackDown. SmackDown is the number one show on cable TV. Yep. That Rampage and Dynamite are the number one shows on, on uh, cable. Yep. Uh, SmackDown on network and AEW on, on cable. Last Wrestling's week. hot right now. It is. It is. All right. So next question about All Out. We didn't even talk about Broden Strowman as a possibility, by the way. And next question though is, do we see title changes? We got four matches. Baker versus Statlander, the Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, Christian Cage and Kenny Omega, Miro and Eddie Kingston. I like the Bucks for losing this one, but I will say the Lucha Bros won the ladder match two years ago. So I do, so if this was Jurassic Express in this spot, I'd say I, I'm almost 100% positive that they're losing the titles. Lucha Bros, I'm feeling somewhat less confident, mainly because of this whole Pac and Andrade story. You also have to think about the greatest wrestler in AEW history is currently 3-0 against Chris Jericho. So we're not necessarily in a 50-50 booking world here these days. So I think it's more interesting to have the Lucha Bros take the belts off them. And we've got a story now. Now there's some cracks in the Elite's foundation a little bit. And we look at how different things happen. And if you're going to bring in an Adam Cole or a Daniel Bryan or somebody that's going to stir the shit a little bit, you can't have gold all over the place to do that. You got to have some way to needle or some way to get in and stuff. And some of the stuff that they've been doing with Adam Cole in the background and, and, and putting references towards them tells me that we're going to see, we're going to see them end up mixing it up a little bit. I, I like Lucha Bros in a steel cage. I'm, I'm with you on that. I think that's to me, the most obvious title change. I don't know. I don't think we see a clean win out of Britt Baker here. I think they're going to keep Statlander strong because she's strong. She's a good competitor. I think we see a dirty win with Britt Baker. The Miro-Kingston match is really hard for me to call. You got two bulls. Obviously, Miro physically is very impressive. A name that we didn't talk about is, do we see Lana appearance? Maybe, yeah. The thing is, with uh, we definitely get plenty of references to Miro's hot wife. But if this match was at Arthur Ashe in New York for Eddie Kingston, I, and it's not typical for AEW to run rematches. Very few in the history. Saw multiple Cody Darby matches, multiple Cody Brody lead matches. In the whole like spectrum of things, you're not seeing tons and tons of rematches, especially not quickly back to back. But if this match was in New York, then I feel like Eddie Kingston would have a, a greater shot of getting the win. Here in Chicago, I think it's a Miro. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. If Eddie Kingston won a title in New York, yeah, the, the roof comes off that place. If he's in some kind of a bigger match, I like his chances because they're not anti-WWE, but they do the opposite. They want to pay off the home crowd with something that's going to make them happy and stuff. So 
I'm interested to see what Kingston does in Arthur Ashe. I'm interested to see what they put on Santa, Santana and Ortiz's plate. And you got some other New York-ish wrestlers as well. And then to go to the other one, the Omega Christian Cage match, I don't think we see Christian Cage with two title belts. It's very different, the relationship that he has with Impact Wrestling and stuff like that, having him carry the title. I think that's a really good fit. It's a smart way to pay it off. I don't think he's going to have an extremely long run with that title, unlike some of the people that we've seen before with it. But I don't see Kenny Omega dropping the belt until we see something fired up with Hangman again, because that's the happy story. If Daniel Bryan's coming in, if CM Punk's coming in, if Adam, not if, CM Punk's in, if Adam Cole's coming in, you want Kenny Omega in matches with all these guys. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's Kenny Omega. To me, it feels like Kenny Omega's work is not done. No, I agree. I agree. So yeah. there's some big matches to have. So yeah, I think I think we're in lockstep. I think you, we both think the title change that we could potentially see is the tag match. Yeah. And I don't see the rest of that happening. Um, yeah, me either. The, the only thing I, I'm looking at the Miro and Eddie Kingston thing, and I keep every time... Miro gets a win against a name like Eddie Kingston. Where does Miro go next? To me, it's John Moxley. If Miro destroys Eddie Kingston, he's got to go to Moxley. And there is a Cincinnati Dynamite coming up pretty soon. Yep. So, yep. You're right. Hometown boy John Moxley there. CZW, CZW fans are going to be in that crowd. That crowd's going to be hot as hell. So we could see something interesting there. I, I agree. Miro's, Miro's next step is, is probably Moxley after this. I think... We might see Eddie dropped here. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why we're going to see Moxley come. Now, do I think Moxley's going to be a TNT champion? I don't know. Hard call. The only person in the company that's had two belts is, is Kenny so far. And I think there's a reason for that. He'd be an interesting choice for TNT championship because he wrestles often. Yeah. And people like seeing him. And there's a whole, you talk about a guy who could line up and stack matches with these new guys coming in. Yeah. John Moxley can run through that same gambit of people with Kenny Omega. The other part of it is that with that Cincinnati Dynamite, they could have uh, Sammy Callahan walk through the forbidden door for that. You have the big Ohio guys, right? Like absolutely you know, pop the crowd huge. So there's options with Moxley in Ohio. A title match for Moxley there is a big deal, I think. Title match would be a big deal, but I agree with you 100%. You put Callahan and Moxley in a tag match there. Talk about a throwback to their roots sure. and stuff. It, even if it was against elite or something like yep. that's a big match for them. I love that on the, on the Indies. Yep. Yep. The other point I wanted to make here is that AEW does not have a face champion at the moment. They're all heels and that's fine. People love cheering for heels because you know, people love to do that. However, it would be good to have, they had, we had all that time with John Moxley as champion. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like you need some variation though. Especially I don't know. No, look at WWE, the same thing. You got, with the exception of Damian Priest, a bunch of heels running around with titles over there. So we got Trevor Murdoch as a face champion. Come on now. We do. We had, for the, we had to live. Tell me he's not dropping that title on these power tapings that are taking place yesterday. <laughs> today. <laughs> we had, come on, we had faces all over the place. We had Moxley, we had Sheeta forever. Like, right. give it to the, give it to the good guys that are bad. Like, yeah. come on. Oh, well, with that. With your wardrobe change that you just did, let's talk about Chris Jericho. Is this the end of Chris Jericho? And I, I look, I know you are an MJF mark, but is Chris Jericho going to hang it up in this way? I, I, this isn't, I, I know I, I read his interview that when he says he's going to do his final match, he doesn't want a lot of pop and circumstance. 
I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that's him trying to humble a little bit, but maybe I'm wrong. It this isn't trying to throw us off too. This isn't it. This isn't the time because MJF has more growing to do a lot more. It, the, the, the sky is the limit. Obviously the talent is there. The in-ring work is coming along and stuff like that. If this was two years down the road or a year down the road and they had gone through a couple of different places and stuff like that, could I see Chris recognizing MJF as somebody to retire him? Maybe, but it'd have to be a hell of a match. And their matches have been okay. Their matches have been classic style wrestling and, and, and very good. It's hard to look at their matches and pull them back and say these were bad matches or they weren't put together well or there's not enough story or hype there. But I don't think we see Chris Jericho right now walking away. Now there's a whole other side to this too. He's touring. He's doing a bunch of stuff. He's got a full life. He's doing the the commentary over on Rampage and stuff like that. And with them, their loose conversations talking about Jim Ross, like pulling back a little bit and different things like that. I could see him in that role. I don't Jim think Ross he's done yet. Bullshit, by the way, that's not a thing. But okay, good. Yeah. The I I don't see this being it. Yeah, I, I agree just, with you too. There's not enough meat on the bone yet. To, to, do, it's, to have it's this also too, too final in AEW. And if this is WWE, I'd be like, okay, go ahead. They'll just bring them back two months from now. That's sure. Sure. That means they stick to their stipulation. Yeah, no, no Cody Rhodes heavyweight title matches. And they know that if they want their stipulations to matter, generate revenue and to actually mean something to get people invested, then they can't go back on them. And, and I think they're going to be stay very true to that. No matter how many people think they can just get out of it. They, no, I, I think they're going to stick to it. So with that said, I don't think this is the last match for Jericho. He signed a three-year deal. So that would take him to about this time next year. Yep. And to me, it just makes sense. There's too much stuff for him to do. At least he got another year. He's not broken down or anything like that. So he can still go to me. They, there might be the idea of him wanting to go out. He's still on top and he still can do everything that he can do, but he certainly has another year in the tank. And like I said, it's too final to lose this stipulation. I'll say this. They're AEW is the hottest they've ever been right now. Chris Jericho likes being part of heat. He's built the company. He's helped the company get to this foundation. He's certainly helped with a lot of people that transitioned from WWE over to AEW. You got a whole bevy of talent coming in. I don't think this is the time when he pulls back with so many different opportunities to be able to work creatively with talent that he might've wanted to work with before that he didn't have the way to do it the way he wanted. Yeah. And not for nothing, I need him to go heel again and fight Sammy Guevara and put Guevara over. Correct. That's I agree. I agree with that. I think he, that's the other thing too. He's still got a lot of young talent that he's going to, that he's going to pick up a little bit before he's on his way out the door. Right. There's a lot more good that we can get out of Tris Jericho before he's done. So that said, move off of that. In the other match category, we have CM Punk and Darby Allen. Punk is going to win his first match out. There's no question. And Darby's not going to be hurt by it either. No, of yeah. course not. You're, you're going to lose to CM Punk here. Darby's going to be put on the stage. This That match is the reason people are buying the pay-per-view. It's going to be an awesome video, Darby jumping off a bridge or something to, to come into this. People are going to know they're going to see sting with Darby. Darby is going to become a much bigger star out of losing to CM Punk in this match than he is going into the match. Without a doubt, un unquestionable. And I think when we talked about it a little bit last week, very smart opponent for CM Punk. Oh, sure. Not a guy that's going to be off his pace or doesn't know how to bump or can't take a bump or anything like that. I'm excited to see this match. 
I was trying to go through it the other day as far as roster-wise, like who would I want to see him go up against and stuff? Because I know there was some criticism from Darby as far as staying and why does Darby get this and that and the other thing? And if you're not really looking at the talent of the stuff that the guy's done in his entire run critically, and you see the matches that he's put together, whether it's being duct taped by Chris Jericho and getting out of that and that sure. match or the different things that he's done, you probably don't appreciate him. And if you want a big hulking gorilla, he's certainly not the guy for you. But as far as a guy that doesn't have bad matches, Good luck. I know we talk about Kenny Omega as the best bout machine. I'll take Darby Allen's calendar work since he's been in AEW and I'll put it up against anybody in the roster and those matches have been good. So let me tell you why Darby Allen gets this stuff is because half-assed booking doesn't make a star. You're correct. So you want to build somebody up. You don't turn off the gas. That's right. Keep going and keep going and you keep going. If they just say, oh, we gave Darby Sting and now the next thing, oh, we're not going to give him any good matches because the guy's Sting. Guess what? He's not going to be a stump. He's going to fizzle and fade. You need to build it. Guess what? They've done a great job. Punk laid it out. And he's not bullshitting. This is the guy that I would be a fan of. That's a shoot. That's reality. So I I guarantee Punk could handpick whoever the hell he wanted to wrestle in in this thing. And that's who Punk chose with the help of Tony Khan. So I don't know. I expect it to be really good. I don't think we're going to get some kind of weird, strange garbage finish unless the garbage finish is some sort of interference. I don't think you're going to do that in your first CM Punk match. I think we're going to see a cleanish finish. I think there'll be an angle afterwards to say whatever Punk's doing without, next. Without a doubt. But but I could also see the the handshake at the end. Oh, I think that's a thousand percent. I don't think we're going to see any nonsense unless unless what we're going to is a Punk sting situation. That I would agree with you a hundred percent. We're going to see the handshake hug and then off you go. Talk about paying off the faces. Yeah. Yeah. So who's going to win the Casino Battle Royal? We've got a bunch of women. If they use every single person that they have, we still don't get the 21. Serena Deeb is out on injury, so she's not in. Emi Sakura returned, I think it was last night, on uh, Dark for Dark Elevation the night before. So she's back. And whoever wins is going to get the next big match against Britt Baker. I don't think it's Thunder Rosa. I agree. I don't think it's Thunder Rosa either. Um, I think that's a good choice and a good call. Obviously, we've seen her on TV a lot lately. She's all elite. She's Final Four. I think we're going to see Jade Cargill. Ouch. So play that out for me because she's an easy elimination from a battle royal, right? She doesn't hurt her or anything like that. Nope. But if she wins and she goes against Baker, are we pull, are we pulling the plug on Britt Baker already? Or is Jade Cargill going to take her first out? I think either story is great. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I see. Cause you can't, so you've Goldberg'd her for quite a bit. Yeah, some, only like three matches. So in what we're seeing on the bigger shows, I think it's a, I think it's a great story either way. And I think either way, it doesn't hurt either of them because they're, they're, they're stars. I think Jade Cargill is probably, she's more than halfway into wrestling now. I don't know if she's fully sold on it. And I think certain rubs and stuff like that are intentional. I think they've kept her out of the ring on TV for us to not see as they're developing her. She's obviously a super talented athlete and stuff. And she doesn't come across from following her on social and something like that as somebody that just wants to be average. It's just not part of it. So I could see something happening strange there in the match or an issue happening where it doesn't end up hurting either one of them, something not going over clean, whether it's a hater interference or a rib interference, but you got two loud mouth faces or two, two loud mouth 
personalities. So you you can have just the two of them jabbing at each other on the mic feels strong to me, but we could see it just move into something like we could see Ruby Soho come in and, and win it from the Joker position or something like that and get her into a match right away. There's not a ton of the, the, the women have been a little bit put on the back burner here. So it'll be interesting how they decide to play this out. And hopefully we get some surprises. I'd love to see a random Makito appearance or something like that. It's Casino Battle Royale is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just interested to see who, who makes an appearance. Should I agree? I agree. Who it is. Man, but to, to dive in on a particular pick, it's tough. I'm coming around to the Jay Cargill thing now, just because maybe she becomes a lot more interesting if she takes a loss. And I can see Britt Baker working face. She can work either, either side. It's fine. That's who she is now. She it, makes, sure to heal. it makes so weird. Bringing, attaching Jamie Hader to her is a weird thing to do if that was the move that they were going to go. So the seeds are planted to keep her heel. But I agree with you. It doesn't matter. She's just one of those gray characters that like she comes out and they cheer her sassiness all the time because she's super, super talented. Yeah. The next question I have is the big show going to take a diamond cutter or take a pin? I don't think the big show is going to take anything. I think he's going to put those giant mitts around QT Marshall's neck. He's going to choke slam him in through the ring. And that's going to be the end of the day for QT Marshall in his ugly bowling shirt. And then Anthony Gogo comes out and punches the big show. I think that's exactly what we see. Maybe we get a big show, a go-go match, but I don't think so. I, I, I don't, not right away. If they announce an England tour, man, I think so. I think we'll see him in the spotlight, but, yep. but we've got a, we've got a Mayweather big show match in the history books so that was a pretty good match yeah yeah it was better than it ever should have been way better than it ever should have been that was phenomenal from wrestlemania 24 so that was a while a while back yeah yeah john moxley and kojima this is going to be a win for moxley it'll be interesting to see how kojima a is received and b just what kind of match we get is it going to be a competitive match kojima's not John Moxley is a top guy in the United States. Kojima is not a top guy in Japan. He was. There was a period of time where he was the top guy. But this is probably the most disappointing match for me on the card. Part of the reason why is as a, a New Japan guy, Kojima is not factionally aligned with somebody that I can see where the faction starts going up against Moxley as well. Not a particularly fun or fast wrestler to watch in this spot on this pay-per-view. I thought they could have gotten so much more out of this stuff. And who knows? I'm perfectly happy eating crow when it comes to me being down in an AEW idea. And so there's probably something that is here. And idea. Yep. Correct. But Kojima is not. He was, I, I really, I wanted it to be Tanahashi. Okay. I'm not yeah. Lie, like, <laughs> but he's, he's very busy. Yeah. It's, it's. All right. It'll, it'll be a fine match. All right, we're going to move things through here. Stick with us for just a minute, and we'll be right back. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. 
hear our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. We hardly have time for headlines today, but we're going to do our best and move through this stuff pretty quick. So Dynamite, tomorrow night, we have Brian Cage versus Will Hobbs, which we kind of already talked about a little bit. Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans, so that continues the Hardy family office battle with the best friends. Tony Schiavone is going to sit down with MJF. Jim Ross is going to have Jericho in the ring. FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. And there's a little something there about Cash Wheeler and maybe not being able to wrestle going forward. The Good Brothers and the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express and Lucha Cruz, the eight-man tag. They just added Penelope Ford versus Tay Conte. And on Friday, we have Darby Allen versus Danny Garcia. So, Travis, in all of that, like, we're seeing some things that are building to the pay-per-view, obviously, and we're seeing some things that maybe could add a match like we talked about before. But anything in there that's super interesting, that we're, it's going to be fun. We're going to see it all live. Yeah, we're going to have a great time with it. And it, it's that's a good, that's a nice go-home card. You're not seeing... All the pay-per-view matches the three days before you have to watch the pay-per-view in some different variation. So like they're keeping people intentionally apart. I think that's better for a build overall. Obviously it's good booking. I uh, give me Daniel Garcia on every show ever. Sure. <laughs> and I can move forward with my life that way. Cause the kid could just go. I think the only thing I would like to see more of is give me Jamie Hader taking bumps, man, for a big woman's wrestler she can bump like i've never seen before and hopefully we get a lot more of her in an aw ring i think we will she'll probably be in the casino battle royal even though she has not been announced she's a hot outside pick for that too that's another person that they could they could really heat up and if they just want to do this thing as a temporary burst with her together with Britt baker give her a title shot and watch that attitude change because she didn't do the dmd Maybe yeah. she's going to go on her own right away. And they stack yeah, her. I think that eight man tag is going to be incredible. By the oh, way. I agree. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. Other headlines that are out there. Uh, of course, all the NXT stuff that's going on, a lot of changes in the mix, but Adam Cole becoming a free agent. We actually talked about that and not as part of our all out discussion, but he's out there. He didn't resign with WWE, at least not yet. Still a possibility, but obviously he lets his contract run out. So he can field some offers. Uh, so he, Brad Baker's got a big match. Maybe he'll just be sitting in the front row. Hopefully he's sitting next to us. <laughs> I don't, I think he'll get a better ticket. Our tickets are good, but I think he'll get a better one. It's probably true. And if he, if he wants to be there and he wants that pu- publicity, he'll sit in the front row and look at the camera. I think he owes her after her being front row for war games, even though WWE yeah. edited her out. Yeah. Yeah. They, but they put her in first. <laughs> All of the advertised matches that were supposed to take place on Monday Night Raw last night did not take place. So sorry, Oklahoma City. 
if you bought your tickets expecting to see the Miz versus John Morrison or Sheamus versus Lashley. Well, that was a good match. It's like, oh, we're going to see Sheamus and Lashley. That's perfect. Or if you were just really into uh, Dewdrop and Eva Marie, you would you didn't get to see that either. Ad, but take things as they are. If you wanted to see Slasher Banks versus Bianca Belair and you, you put out the money to go to Las Vegas to see it in SummerSlam, you didn't see that either. And they would have told you that eight days in advance and they didn't. So false advertising is part of the shtick. I, I know WWE is supposed to stand for walk with Elias, but I think it really stands for wrestling without expectations. It stands for walking with Rick Boogs. <laughs> <laughs> I love Rick Boogs though. I mean, Rick Boogs is one of my favorites. He's the reason for the season for me. Don't get me wrong. I hate <laughs> the name, but it's funny. And I have to say, look, there was a triple threat match that included Sheamus last night, Damian Priest versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the United States championship. Damian Priest got a pin over Drew to win the match. That was a good match. It was a good replacement match for what was advertised, but it wouldn't have been that hard to not advertise that match last week. Agree. So anyway, New Japan, there's two big shows this weekend to go in addition to all of the stuff that's going on in Chicago. There's two big shows that are taking place in Japan, Wrestle Grand Slam stadium shows made invented by Shingo Takagi defending against evil. On the undercard, we got Sho versus Yo. We've got Robbie Eagles defending the junior title against Hiromu Takahashi. Yano versus Chase Owens for the KOPWI. Uh, that's my quit match. Uh, Tanahashi, he's going to be facing Ibushi in the main event of night one, which is probably why he can't be at All Out, which is the very next day. So, main event in Japan, making it to Chicago, possible, but very difficult. Yep. <laughs> Agree. And he's not a young buck, so. No. That's Matt and Nick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anything on those New Japan shows that you were particularly interested in? Those are great. Those are great matches. I don't see much happening in terms of a title change, although they do enjoy throwing that belt on Takahashi so he can get injured again. So, it's true. I, I think that's the only thing it's that Robin I can possibly see. first defense though. So, maybe he gets one out. But man, Ta- uh, you're right. Takahashi does not lose very many matches. Not in there. Not until he gets hurt and has to give the belt over to somebody else. NXT tonight, we have Ilya Dragunov. He'll make an appearance after his huge match of the year type victory over Walter. Uh, Ciampa versus Rich Holland. Roddy Strong's open challenge, which is being accepted by Ikemanjiro. Johnny Gargano versus LA Knight. Kyle O'Reilly versus Duke Hudson. And the Travis, we didn't get the chance to talk about all the craziness that we're going to see at GCW and AAW and Black Label Pro over the next five days. But the one match, this crazy match, right? They've got... First of all, on one side, you have Nick Gage, AJ Gray, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice. That is a team of killers to fear to begin with. Yep. On the other side, you got the freaking powers of pain <laughs> with Danhausen and Warhorse. <laughs> I n- never in my life did I think I would see this four man, and I've never been more excited about it ever. If they could have PCO on the outside as a manager, I think it would really complete <laughs> that. But boy, I'm interested what to see what, what Barbarian and Warlord look like. And uh, like, it I've is... seen Barbarian on an in, in interview or something recently within the last three years. And he looks fine. The Warlord, I have not seen <laughs> two decades. He used to be a big giant dude. I don't know. We'll see how sloppy or how tight they look. Like, 
I don't know. That's a fun, fun match. And yeah, if you're not following us on Instra, you should you should definitely do that. Take a look and and, and look us up because we'll be posting a bunch of pictures and stuff. And we we're on the go. I, I hit the ground in Chicago at two in the afternoon tomorrow, and and it's just nonstop wrestling between the four or five indie shows and fan fests and the three AEW shows and stuff like that. We're just going to be wrestling and eating our way in between shows the whole entire time. So. It's going to be a blast. Hopefully there's some, some, some of you folks are out there and if you see us with a minutes of L time shirt or whatever, feel free to stop by and say hi. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Travis, with that said, anything else on the list? The match we didn't talk about at all out. The one that could steal the show, Pac versus Andrade. Pac versus Andrade. Yeah. Look for it, folks. It's possible. It could steal the show or it could not. Correct. After we see, I, I I hope it does because I just have such high hopes for Andrade and his post WWE run. I want him to succeed. I'm sure Ric Flair is going to be backstage. In fact, I know he is. I think he said as much. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe you don't have Ric Flair there without putting him on camera. So you gotta have him on TV. And after that NWA promo he did, oh my god! So give that, give him a mic, and give him, give, make sure you give him a time limit because he'll go all. Because yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right. With that said, we are off to Chicago. I leave in little more than two hours and Travis leaves tomorrow. We will be there. Like Travis said, get on our Instagram, check it out. For Travis, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next week because the Daily Wrestling News Show is off the rest of the week. So see you next week. 